Hi, this is Abe Hefter, host of You Heart to Hartford, the show that takes you inside the University of Hartford and the stories being told by the many talented people who are the University of Hartford. Faculty, staff, students, alumni, the experience and experiences they're sharing on our West Hartford campus and beyond. Joining us today is Jim Ford, class of 2004. Now, Jim is a self-described troublemaker. He's also an actor, a stuntman, and the author of the book, My Take on All 50 States. It's a daring memoir told through an array of episodes or escapades across the USA. Last year, he received the Screen Actors Guild Award nomination for his role in the epic Martin Scorsese film, The Irishman. Jim, thanks for taking the time, and thanks for sharing your story with us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, A Pleasure to be here. So, Jim, you earned your BFA in acting at the Hart School, and yep. I, 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 I want to know, were you taught the art of the stunt at U-Hart? How did, you, how did your career take you in what I you know, would imagine is, a, is maybe a, a pretty punishing direction? You know, it, it's interesting, yeah. So I was, you know, growing up, I came from an athletic background. You know, I did some extreme sports, basic gymnastics, uh, little stuff. You know, I, I played most of the traditional sports. When I was at heart, you know, it was just serious actor training. We're doing theater. We're doing Shakespeare. And I, I was into the, the stage combat. I was into the, the sort of fighting. And I would kind of joke with, with the faculty that, you know, because it was so serious and we talked about Chekhov and, and Shakespeare and all this. And I had always kind of joked that I had a guilty pleasure for action movies. And, you know, there was this bulletin. There was a flyer in one of the halls of Hart School uh, for a stunt school. And it said, train with the uh, United Stuntmen's Association. Uh, learn to become a stuntman. Uh, it was a summer school in Seattle, Washington. And, and I kind of thought it was a joke. You know, I, I see this, this bulletin, you know, go to stunt school. Well, what the heck is stunt school? <laughs> and, you know, like, really, this is a clown college. What is this? And, uh, but it's, it's on the bulletin board. So I figured, you know, someone had to endorse it. And, you know, sure enough, some of the teachers said, no, it's, it's legit. You know, some kids have gone there and it's, it's a much higher step than just stage combat. I mean, they're really teaching you how to fight and, and fall for camera and you'll get to do some high profile stuff too, like get lit on fire. And, and I was like, great. I said, this sounds awesome. I said, I'm going to go there so I don't have to lifeguard this summer, you know, cause my parents were always making me, you know, work and landscape and, and do some job, you know, in between semesters. And I was like, well, this will be just a, a great excuse to, to go somewhere. And I really didn't think it would lead to anything. You know, I didn't, you know, think, Oh, I'm going to go to stunt school and it's going to turn into this. I, I figured it'd be a, uh, just a fun ride. And, and it was, it, it really, uh, you know, I showed up there and it, it was, it was incredible. You sh I show up there and, and, and the van brings me to the school and, and it's, we, we have a meeting at the hotel at day one and there's kids just climbing the building, you know, uh, people doing backflips. A couple kids are already on the roof and, uh, you know, I show up there and, and the owner was just like, all right, guys, you know, don't get hurt on the first day. Uh, we've we got a big day tomorrow. Here's your packets. And he was very serious. He, he didn't even yell at anyone. He was just like, that's par for the course, you know. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to stunt school, right? And so I, I do it. It's about a month long, a month and a half long. And, you know, we, we jumped off of buildings. There was a lot of emphasis on driving, you know, chase stuff, um, mm -hmm. skidding the car, all of this. And I came back my junior year to heart. And that was it. I, I just had some cool stories. I, uh, I, I was better with weapons when, if there was a fight, you know, in a play, but that was really it. 
And so after I graduated, you know, I moved to New York City right away and I just hit the ground running. You know, I got an agent and I was very fortunate. I started working right away. Uh, it, it starts off, you know, with commercials and I was making a living as an actor, just really, really doing it. But I had the stunt school on my resume and under, you know, underneath heart and actor training and all this, I had, you know, graduate of international stunt school and I could do this. And from time to time at auditions, you know, the casting directors, they're looking at your headshot. They're looking at your resume. What, what the heck is this stunt school? What, what, what is this? And I told them and they go, huh, you know, they hadn't heard of it. Some kind of laughed off. And, uh, I just thought what was going to happen was I was going to be like a Tom Cruise type. Like I'm going to get these lead roles in movies and say, well, I went to this school. I, I can do my own stunts. You know, right. like you're welcome. I'm here. And, uh, I, I really thought that's what was going to happen, but actually, you know, it's booking roles in television shows and film and all this, but they kept from time to time bringing up that thing. And eventually someone said, Hey, uh, we know a stunt coordinator. He's, he's a pretty big guy. Why don't you send, you know, your picture and resume to this guy, Pete Pucosi. Uh, and he's a huge, huge stunt coordinator. I mean, the, the Sopranos probably got three, 400 credits. And I didn't even know what that meant, sending it to him, you know, because I was sending my stuff to casting directors. I was sending my stuff to directors and agents. I was like, well, what do I send it to him? I said, well, maybe he, he wants you uh, for his file. You know, maybe he needs a young look sometime. And I said, okay. And, you know, I skateboarded and I did this thing. Sure. It was probably three or four months later, I hear back from him and I'm, I'm still acting full time. And he goes, hey, I'm, I'm doing this movie called Pride and Glory. And it's uh, it's got Ed Norton in it. Mm -hmm. And we're having trouble finding a stunt double for him. And I, I kind of, you know, almost thought it was a joke. Like one of my buddies was pranking me, you know, like because the first call is going to be the, you know, stunt doubling the lead in this big studio picture, $50 million, you know, Colin Farrell, all these guys. I go, there's no way. But I'm, I'm I'm taking anything I can get at this point, and I'm I'm auditioning for everything. So I just say, okay, sure. And he has me come down to set and get looked at, and you know, we talked about my experience. I had no credits. I had a bunch of acting credits at this time. It had zero stunt credits. I told him about that school, and you know, he's like, okay, because you know, you seem like a good guy. And they put me through some stuff, and and sure enough, that was my first my first the stunt man hmm. was on Pride and Glory up in. Uh, I think Washington Heights, and it was a big fight scene with Colin Farrell, and yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was, uh, it, I, I went from eating ramen noodle in this, you know, Filipino family's house that was renting out a bedroom to this like you know big huge, uh, you know, Hollywood production, and uh, it was crazy, you know. And I and I thought I had a ton of fun. There was some great stories from that. All the chase scenes we did, we did fights and foot chases and all this stuff. But I I really thought like that was it. Like this would be a one time gig oh i i i did this stunt thing and be a story i tell people but i didn't realize the stunt industry at the time i was still acting and um but it, it went good and mm. kind of word got out that there was a a young guy that did a good job because that was kind of the thing i learned about stunts too was you know it's hard to trust young kids because you get these young kids and they say well i'm fearless i'll do anything right you know oh, i'm not scared i'll go jump but then you know they're the ones that kind of get hurt and and all that so you kind of it's really hard to find guys that can do it, but that kind of have the right head on their shoulders. Uh, you know, the guys say, Hey, I don't know, maybe we need to move this or I'm not comfortable doing that. It's okay to say that because you know, you got to get up and do take two. You got to get up and do it a third or fourth time. It's not like, let's go crazy. Let's go wild. It's more like, how do I do this effectively and get up and do it again? And so word kind of spread that I, you know, I had this huge 
this huge kind of stunt gig. And, and because I was a younger role, it kind of helped, you know, parlay with my acting career that, you know, I could play a frat guy, you know, who starts a fight or I could go do this, you know, a, a guy at a college bar who kind of gets in trouble. So it, it really kind of snowballed after that. What year was that? So that was probably, uh, I graduated 2004. That was probably 2006, 2007. Okay. So I'd been acting full time for about probably two and a half years. And then that, then that kind of happened out of nowhere. You were Howie, Howie the Hawk, uh, the u Hart mascot <laughs> on campus. Uh, yeah. What was la- that like? And, you know, uh, you know, Howie's got to be athletic and, and, and has to do a whole bunch sure. of stuff. Was there any of that, you know, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that stunt mindset in you when you were Howie the Hawk? Well, this is great. I'm glad you asked that because, yeah, I was Howie the Hawk. And I think it was maybe towards the end of freshman year or uh, the beginning of sophomore year. You know, you're really busy at heart. And, and sometimes you don't have nights and weekends off, you know, because it's such an intense training. But, you know, this opportunity came up. I think someone, uh, you know, uh, suggested me to the, the guy that was casting or hiring for him. And I had to go try out. And when I tried out, he, he loved it because, you know, I did. I said, I'm physical. And I, I had big, you know, like almost like Jim Carrey mannerisms, real big arm motions, all this stuff they were looking for. And uh, he's like, no, we love you. And, and you're, you know, maybe you can uh, stick with it for, you know, for a couple of years. And, and uh, so I said, so I got it. And I had a great time. You know, I'd go to these games and I would do this stuff. And I think it was kind of funny because I actually didn't get asked to do it the next year. And I think it was because I was taking Howie a little too far. <laughs> I think I was maybe making him <laughs> a little too adventurous of a hawk. You know, there were some times right. I, uh, you know, I was jumping off the, the the bleachers. I was jumping off the balcony and doing You were doing stunts. I was doing stunts. And uh, <laughs> I think they wanted more just the uh, the kind of arrogant walk and the big wave and, you know, maybe playing, stealing the kid's popcorn every now and then in the stands, you know, a little bit of that. But I was, uh, you know, when the game was getting good, I was really amping up Howie and uh, maybe it was a little, a little too much past their comfort zone. <laughs> so. When I hear the word stunt, um, uh-huh. you know, I think, uh, um, of a professional like yourself doing something inherently dangerous in the shooting of a yep. you know, movie television show. But the more I think about it and I think about that word stunt, I, I would imagine it covers a lot of territory. Am I right there? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, you could have anything from, you know, an explosion happening and they may want a dozen people that are just kind of close by nondescript and, and you're just kind of diving out of the way. And there's almost no chance of something you know, going to happen. And then, you know, it could be anything from that to crashing a car, to hanging off a building, to, you know, getting tackled through, through glass and falling onto something which, you know, could be really high profile and you really want to make sure. And then you can have, you know, I think the bread and butter of it is, is the fights and the falls. I mean, that's going to be 75% of the work, you know, a character, it might start with a slap and it turns into a brawl. It turns into a fight and someone hits the ground or, you might get shot and fall down. That That's kind of probably 70, 80% of it. And then the other stuff, the other 20% is, you know, the slightly more sophisticated, higher profile gags where, you know, you're getting lit on fire or, you know, 
there's some wire work that that's pretty big. You know, if you ever see a guy getting shot with a shotgun and he kind of almost unnaturally flies across the room, right? You know, that stuff. A lot of times, there's harnesses and, and big wires involved, and and you know, getting thrown. And so I've done some of that stuff, and uh, hmm. you know, it gets a little more tricky there. But yeah, there is a, a wide spectrum of stunts when you get the call, you know, and, and so, sometimes you're there just uh, to help rehearse and help make sure everything goes safe. And, uh, you know, so you're not always, I think some people too think, Oh, you're just stunt doubling. That's maybe 25, 30% of the time. A lot of times too, you're getting cast as the character or it's a stunt performing role where you're the police officer who might say the line, but he also gets shot and falls off the building or, you know, uh, has to run into the burning building and he gets, his arm gets caught on fire, you know, that type of stuff. So yeah, it's a, a lot, definitely a wide spectrum to it for sure. Have you ever been hurt doing a stunt? You know, th- thankfully I have it. Um, and it's, it's one of those things you kind of find out the more you talk to people that that's what's more common. You know, I've definitely got some bumps and bruises. Don't get me wrong. I've definitely, uh, had my bell rung. I've definitely had the wind knocked out of me and, and, and some cuts, but, uh, you know, nothing major. And, you know, I was surprised to learn that, but you see right away that that's, kind of how it goes again because you have to get up and do you know a take two that's that's kind of the the surprise too i thought maybe like this big even sometimes with a motorcycle going through glass you know I've, I've had been a part of it where i was diving out of the way and my friend was you know riding a motorcycle through a glass window you would think like wow this is a big stunt you know one and done he gets back they reset it they have people come in they clean it up they put the glass in he does it again you know and so they're only bringing in the type of people that are, are, are so trained, uh, you know, this guy's a professional motocross rider, you know, they're only going to bring in the top people to make sure they can do it, the type of stuff they've done it in their sleep. You know, if, you, if you're doing a high fall off of a building, you know, this guy has probably done it, you know, two, 300 times, he could do it in his sleep. Mm. Uh, and, and so there's not a lot of guesswork. There's a lot of rehearsals. There's a lot of preparation. Um, and, and so thankfully that's pretty good, but yeah, there's definitely some days, you know, you go home with a headache and, you know, sometimes you, you may need to, to take a week off and stuff like that, but, uh, thankfully, um, nothing crazy, but if you want to know one of the, one of the bigger stunts I've done and, and I definitely did get bumped up was, um, you know, car hits, car hits are, I don't want to say they're common in stunts, but you know, they happen from time to time. The character runs out and, and, you know, a car hits him or, you know, a chase scene, a foot chase scene ends with, you know, a cab hitting the guy goes up on the thing. There's different levels of intensity of car hits. You know, some, he just goes up on the hood, but every now and then they want a gnarly kind of car hit where the guy goes up and over. And, you know, usually you, you have the right to turn those down. You know, you, you, they don't kind of surprise you with that and say, Hey, you're available next Wednesday and you show up and you're getting hit by a car. It's not right. like that. It's usually... <laughs> you know, it's it's weeks before they're saying, "Hey, we got this gag in the script where you know they they want the the car hit to be to be pretty gnarly." You know, are are you available? Are you interested? And uh, you know, in my twenties, I wanted to do it. I wanted to see what it was like, and I had done some that were kind of just more mild. And I said, "Yeah, well, let me let me do one just to see what it's like." And the movie was called The Good Heart, uh, The Good Heart with Paul Dano, and. You know, it's a decent sized movie, and mm-hmm. at the end, he's she's chasing a duck, and he chases it down the alleyway. The alleyway comes out into the street, and then, sure enough, a car comes speeding by, and and it clips him. So they they shoot him running into the street, and then you know they reset, and then I'm 
I kind of go and I run in and, and a guy's coming. They usually, you know, 15, 16 miles an hour is good speed. This is, I think, a little faster. I think this is pushing 18 miles an hour. And they want it up and over. Hmm. And uh, that's kind of one of those things where it's tough because the car is traveling, you know, so many inches per second that right. when you get hit, you know, your body, yeah, it doesn't really have time to kind of catch up to where you are, even if you're a gymnast you know, doing double tucks and stuff like that. It's very succular and you kind of just go for a ride. And I went up and over and, you know, I think my elbow, I had pads on, but I think my elbow broke the, broke the windshield. And then I went up and over the, the car and I kind of hit the, the trunk and then hit the cement. And I just Ouch. remember being, yeah, it was, it was big. I mean, you know, you hit your hip and you hit your back and your arm and, and all that. And it was, you just kind of, I didn't get knocked out, but I was definitely a little like, whoa, you know, and they had to check me out and everything. And, you know, um, I didn't go to the hospital or anything. They had a ton, all the EMTs were there and they checked mm. me out and, you know, I didn't have a concussion, but I, I did bump my head and I was definitely sore for mm. a couple of days and was like, all right, I, I did a car hit. I can uh, check that <laughs> off. Got the, got the t-shirt and people know too, where they, they say, Hey, you either like want to do another one. Cause they, they pay you very well for that. Um, they'd say, Hey, do you want to do another one? And after that, I think I only did, I think I did one more, but it was, it, I wasn't going up and over. It was just up onto the windshield. And then I was kind of out of frame. So I felt okay. very comfortable with that. And, you know, sometimes you got to be careful too, cause you could say yes, but then the director might say, well, let's, let's go again and amp it up. So after that, I was kind of like, all right, I've done the car hit. No one's going to give me crap if, if I don't do any more. And, and that was the kind of the last one, but you can look that up. I think it's even someone put it on YouTube you know, car hit from the movie, the good heart, you, you can see it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's a big one. So that was kind of the, the, you know, I wasn't really that scared because I didn't quite know how, you know, succular it could be. But I, I think in hindsight, that was probably one of the more dangerous stunts I did just because of, you know, you just don't know way, really which way you're going to fly, you know, <laughs> you were involved in a fight scene during the shooting of the uh, 2019 production, the Irishman, which stars Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, De Niro, Joe Pesci, mm -hmm. among other Hollywood notables. Now tell yes. us about the nature of the scene, the role you played. And I know it earned you the screen actors guild nomination in the category. I believe I have this correct outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Yeah, they. Okay. I forget when they started. Maybe five or ten years ago, they started that award category. So yeah, it was a it was a big honor to get that. I think the the first part of the story that I like so much was how I actually got this role. You know, getting cast as a because this wasn't a stunt double role; it was a stunt performer. Um, and and you know, sometimes you have to audition. Sometimes uh, the coordinator can can say, "Hey, I know this guy." But with Martin Scorsese, every look, you know, you need the ability. But you also, he needed people to look a certain way, like they were from the time period. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they want you to not look like a stunt guy, which right. has helped me a lot because I don't really look, when you think of a stunt guy, you think of like a mixed, like an MMA guy, you know, a dirt, a fighter, a guy with a shaved head, a real big, big guy. You know, I kind of have, for lack of a better description, a normal look. And so my, you know, my picture had gotten out and I, it was like 1130 at night, you know, the phone rings at any hour of the day. It was 11.30 at night, I start getting these texts. Hey, what's your hair look like? Hey, what's your what's your facial hair? And, and I'm in bed. I'm in bed with my wife. We're asleep. And I go, oh, geez, this is for the Irishman. I better respond to this. This is a big movie. And I, I say, oh, it's kind of long. It's kind of curly. So can you send a picture? 
So now I'm getting up in the middle of the night and I'm taking selfies and sending it to Martin Scorsese's uh, assistant, right? So I think that's it. I put the phone down and uh, I'm going to go to bed. It buzzes again two minutes later. Uh, yeah, could you take another picture but shave? Now, that, this is a little unusual. I mean, this is very, but I'm going, hey, this is Scorsese. I, I go, do you want me to just send you a picture of me clean shaven? No, no, if you don't mind, could you shave now and then take another picture? So <laughs> now it's like, it's almost midnight. I'm in there shaving, taking a picture. I send it back and I'm not kidding you. They asked for one more thing. They said, okay, that's, that's pretty good. Is there any way, because it was a courtroom scene, mm -hmm. if you have a suit, could you just throw a suit on and take one more picture in the suit? My poor wife. I got to. I got to wake her up. <laughs> Can you take a picture of me in the? She's like, "What is guy? Go just. It's for the Irishman. Just do it." So she half zombie like takes the picture. I send it to her, and uh, I just put the phone down. I went to bed. And sometimes you know this stuff can takes weeks or months. You're auditioning for so many things. Right. Sometimes you just forget about it. It was like the next morning. I think seven a.m. Seven thirty. They're like, hey, you got it. He personally approved mm. your look. Um, you know, let's get things going. And I, I don't know if it was. It might have even been that afternoon. I had to drive to Kaufman Astoria Studios and get looked at and uh, go for a fitting and uh, start the rehearsals. And it, it just happened really quick. Uh, and it was a big. I mean, this was I think a hundred and fifty million dollar. You know, Netflix produced just yeah. monster movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was it was nice. It was a nice set to be on because you've been on so many. Sometimes they all look the same, but this was, you know, when you stepped into that room, it, it was a little different. I mean, there were legends there. I mean, you had, I mean, Ray Romano was there, but it was it was Al Pacino, De Niro, of course, Scorsese, coming in, and it was it was an interesting set to be on because, you know, he's got that presence, Scorsese, but he doesn't like people being on their phones, and and I respect that. You know, I don't like. You know, excessive use of phones too. But a lot of people conduct business that way, and on different levels of the production team, they have to accept text messages and send them back, so they can't be on the phone. But no one's supposed to be on the phone. The phones are away, right? And everyone's kind of supposed to be kind of quiet. You know, not in a weird way, but just in a very focused way, because he kind of talks, you know, a little softer. And uh, you know, it, it was it was great. the The scene, if you've if you've watched the movie yet, it yeah. was um, when Jimmy Hoffa. You know, Al Pacino, he's in the courtroom scene and some guy comes out and shoots him and it's, he shoots him with a pellet gun. Right. And it's, it's supposed to maybe halfway through the movie somewhere, it's supposed to just kind of scare him and, and send a message like we could have. So that was it. But then afterwards that, that big fight scene breaks out, there's a melee. So they had a couple of actors and then they cast, you know, maybe three or four stuntmen uh, to be there. It was, uh, you know, like a bailiff. So that's what I was. I was one bailiff and we're the first people in to break it up and we throw a couple punches and I had to had to grab Al and kind of drag him out of the mess and and fight some people off so it was messy you know it wasn't uh it was rehearsed but it was rehearsed to be kind of sloppy right and all that and, uh, it was nice nice to meet him he's, <laughs> he's yeah it was a, in interesting a circumstances fight. right right definitely right he's a nice guy hey Jimmy you know he's got the I uh, still got that voice oh uh you know uh charge a guy with a gun and uh, you know run away from a guy with a you know it was really just resonate off the off the wall so it was kind of mm. nice to me and he was a nice guy too hey jimmy thanks you know it's nice how long did it take to nice film experience. film the stunt that it was actually just one day okay. you know we had some, some rehearsals and some fittings but it was it was one day and it, it wasn't terribly long you know you can get on these sets it could be 16 hour day is normal but this was you know maybe 
you know, it was, it was over eight hours, maybe 10 or 11 hours, but it was, um, he knows what he wants, you know, mm -hmm. he, he kind of, he's, he talks about it and he kind of rehearses it. But then when he, uh, when he's ready to roll, right. you know, some of these young directors, I don't know if it's, they're just afraid they're not going to get it or something. They do a million takes. It was only a couple of takes once we kind of had everything we wanted and he grabbed some other pieces, but yeah, he <laughs> certainly uh, wasn't his first film. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, in between being lit on fire, um, being hit by cars, uh, you know, being involved in brawls and courtrooms, you, you, you have found the time to write a book. Uh, yeah. But my take on all 50 states. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's sort of a memoir and, you know, I started writing it about five years ago. It took, uh, maybe, maybe three years to write. And then, you know, two years to get it published. I, I just got it published in early September. Uh, and that was the challenge, but what it's about is, you know, it's not so much just about my career and, you know, I've, I've been working steady for 15 years and, and I, I've met a lot of great guys and been on some, some you know big budget movies, but it's not just chronicling that. Uh, what I found, and I found to be surprising and also interesting, is when when I you know got out of heart and I first went to New York, I, I said, "Oh no, I I, I got a feeling I'm going to do good and I'm going to be working." But I just assumed I'd be in a studio in Brooklyn or or maybe a, a sound stage in Los Angeles. But what was happening was there's these lucrative tax incentives you know, in different states like Georgia and Louisiana and all this stuff. And, and I was just on a plane constantly. I was traveling. I, I would go in and I would audition in Manhattan and then you'd get the call. Hey, you got this, uh, you, you know, the travel corner, you're on a flight to Ohio and I'd be in Ohio for 30 days. And then I'd come back, Hey, you're going to North Carolina. Uh, you know, they got screen, uh, screen gem studio is this huge studio down in North Carolina. I'm there. Then I'm, I'm in Louisiana for three months filming, another movie with, with Ed Norton. I was all over the place, you know? So a lot of it is kind of about these interesting locations. Like I've been, so some, some days my office would be a freezing river in Utah, you know, hours away from civilization. I, I got flown to Puerto Rico once and I'm filming, you know, we're not filming at the Marriott. We're filming in like these jungles and, and these shanty towns with no doors on the, you know, the, the houses and these crazy ghettos. And I was just filming in these wild exciting location. So to me, I, I found that that was kind of interesting. And I talk a little bit more about the food and the location than just, you know, who I'm kind of working with. And then I think what kind of ties it off was kind of neat was at one point, I mean, I think I probably worked in 14 or 15 different states. Eventually over the years, I'd been to almost all 50, mm -hmm. you know, I just, just through work and attending film festivals. And, you know, I drove to back and forth from LA a couple times. I probably only had like five or six states to go and I'm, I'm only like 30 years old so i go i go oh you know i gotta check these uh i gotta check these last couple states off and mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty pretty funny you know because work sometimes gets pushed for weather for whatever reason and right i remember there was one time um this work got pushed and i literally just drove to the airport and i called my wife and she's like what are you, what are you doing i said i'm going to little rock arkansas for four days She's like, what? I go, you know, I only got like five more states. I, I got to see Arkansas. And I just booked a one-way trip from like LaGuardia Airport to uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. I just spent like, you know, four days there and uh, just annoyed the locals and <laughs> sent out some postcards and checked it out. And then, of course, you know, you had to do the Dakotas. And then eventually I saved, I, I think that's some of the, the two best for last, you know, I did Alaska and Hawaii mm -hmm. were the last and Alaska was definitely my favorite. I mean, that's like a 
another planet. Um, it was so cool. And yeah, and I got to, got to all 50. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what the book is about. And not each, each chapter is not a different state. Some of them are, some right. chapters are just the states, but there is a, you know, a chapter in there about, you know, college in Connecticut and stunt school and all that stuff. Right. So I think some of the mm-hmm. university of Hartford folks will like it. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, just kind of how this, it took me to all these wild different places. Yeah. Jim Ford, class of 2004, actor, stuntman, former Howie the Hawk, author of the book, My Take on All 50 States, available where fine books are sold. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It's much appreciated. Yeah, well, thank you, Abe. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Production assistance for You Heart to Hartford is provided by University of Hartford undergraduate students, Drew Simino and Josh Fromowitz. I'm Abe Hefter.